0: Hey art lovers, sourdough here want to tell you about today's episode. We got something a little bit different, as you may know. We have a artist grant, the not real art grant. We started it last year in twenty nineteen. We awarded thousand dollars to twelve artists. It was a twelve thousand dollar grant, and more than just money, we want to help them tell their stories and promote their work. We want to give them a platform. And so what we've been doing is we've been sitting down with the grant winners and, you know, talking to them, telling their stories, interviewing them, etc. We've been writing articles for the blog at notrealart.com. We've been doing some video shoots and we've done some podcasting with them. And we're starting to roll this out little by little. And today's episode, we want to feature one of our grant winners. As I said, we had 12 grant winners, but today we're going to sit down and talk to Eben Eldridge. A badass motherfucker who's just a talented guy, wonderful human being, and just a real renaissance man, works with kids, filled with love and light, and we're just thrilled that he's one of the Not Real Art grand winners, but a while back, we did a video shoot at Art Charlotte in the arts district downtown here in LA, and Evan and I sat down, we did a little one-on-one, and we did that on camera for a video that I'll release later. But today, what I'm going to do is just share with you the audio for today's podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Check it out. Without further ado, Eben Eldridge. Eben Eldridge, welcome to Not Real Art. Hey, <laughs> you, man? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Good. Good to see I'm you. Right. Yeah, man. You know, I'm taking a creative risk having you and only you on this particular episode of the show. What does that mean? Well, because, you know, you're <laughs> here because you won the Not Real Art Grant, yeah. one of 12 recipients, right, right? and we've sat down with other recipients, but they did not get the one-on-one one on one. one, uh, love slot. that you are getting. So they, didn't get you the know, slot. they had to share the spotlight. Yeah. You,
1: you get all the spotlight. They could have had the slot. They could have. You, know, you know, I guess as you snooze,
0: you lose. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, mean, you, you were smart. You're like, no, I think, I think I'll take that three yeah, o'clock. It's like lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you what, it's so great to sit down with you I haven't seen you since March right, right. at the conference where we you know, handed out the, the grant to the winners. Right, right. What was that like for you, getting the grant? It was a trip. I got, <laughs> I got, hey, when you say trip, unpack that for uh, us.
1: I got pulled over.
0: Before or after? On the way there. Drunk? On the way there. No, oh, okay.
1: on the way there, I got pulled over. My car. the Way there? Ugh, on the way there, so, my car is illegal. Yeah. Okay. And so it puts out smoke and okay. fumes. All right. And not so good for the- Motorcycle cop pulled me over. Okay. And I was on the way to get the grant.
0: Are you, is this your way of telling me that the $1,000 grant was used to pay court fees? This is what I'm saying. Oh, that
1: okay. At that point, I thought half of it's gone. Right. Half the five. Right. This is at least a $500 ticket. Yeah. at least. Oh, oh yeah. For least. sure. For sure. So he pulled me over and he gave me a warning. He gave, Miracles I, do I happen. I have not received a warning in my life. <laughs> this my let part. this be a warning. <laughs> yeah. So, I got the warning and then he was behind my tailpipe Okay. and I didn't want to start up the, my car because I knew <laughs> smoke was going was gonna to hit him like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So, I kept waiting there and I right. thought if I wait here any longer, he's going to think I'm like, like I'm hiding guns or mm-hmm. drugs. Right. So, literally I, I hit the gas and it just covered him. <laughs> And then I just- That's a
0: great scene
1: in a a comedy. It was total cartoon. I made like a right turn, a left turn, (laughs) jumped out the car, ran in, and went to the conference. And won a grant. Yeah, I won a grant. That was a good day for you. It was a really good day. You should have went out and played the lotto, like maybe, you know, next time. You know what? That's in Buddhism, man. It says that it doesn't matter when three things happen. It's the energy. Right. So, if three bad things happen to you, you stub your toe, you get a ticket, your wife, you know, finds out about something. That's when you buy a lottery ticket.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Oh, right, because you got to bring. It doesn't matter. It's just yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, The
1: the cat said, "It's just energy."
0: Right, right, right. So use it. Well, that was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day day for you. It was a beautiful day for me too. I mean, I got so much personal satisfaction, spiritual satisfaction out of granting, you know, giving those grants away to those twelve artists. Yeah. Well, the community
1: aspect of it, because you kind of create in these little bubbles. And then just to see the other grant winners, right. we all went out afterwards, we talked to each other, yeah. people that didn't win grants, who were great artists, Right. we talked to them and I thought, man, we're coming out of our little bubbles here. Right. You know, we're talking about collaborating in music and doing other stuff. Yeah. You know, but then it's like herding cats.
0: Well, the thing about herding cats is you just have to give them a litter box or catnip and they yeah, come, you know, right yeah. away. Right, or food, basic yeah. food. That'll, that'll gather the cats. Yeah. So, you know, in this case, energy, money, it's food, right? Yeah. The, the grant was meant to help empower the careers and practice of these artists. How did winning the grant help your practice? I mean, we had a joke earlier about one of the artists said he took the money and went to Vegas. And I hope they did, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do with the money?
1: You know, I mean, it went into living expenses. Yes, yes. It also there's no such thing as a healthy, starving artist. Okay? It's a myth. Right. It's a ah, myth. Moron. Yeah. It's a myth. Yeah, right. You know? So better that you eat
0: some sushi and then go try to go paint. A, I hope you order the sake with it, because yeah. I cannot have sushi without sake. I'm sorry. The two it's like, you know, it's like vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup. You gotta go together.
1: That's also, yeah, I just got extra <laughs> extra yellow tail.
0: So I mean your journey <laughs> As I understand it, your journey to your voice as an artist really came through your work with children, did directly, it not?
1: Directly. Directly. I was working with an after-school program, and a little girl said, how come you never paint? Because I would make the kids go through these stations. They'd yeah. have to do math. They'd have to do their little English, sure. and then they'd have to paint a little bit. And I I just made them go through the stations. And then one day, this little girl said, how come you never paint? Calling you out. And so I started painting. Right. I started liking them and I started taking them home. The ones I liked that I made. Sure. And then the same little girl said, how come you never give us your art?
0: That <laughs> this little girl. She hey, was great. We got to have her on
1: the show. Yeah, she was great. You know, and so I finally, I said, well, the next one that you like that I paint, you can just have. And I painted a flamenco dancer and it was really great. And I was so looking forward to keeping it for the rest of my life. You loved it. And she came over and said, I want that one. <laughs> and when her mother came to pick her up, her mother said she ran with her to, with the picture to her mother. Said, "Look, mom, I got this from Mister E," and her mother said she didn't even look at. She looked at the painting and she looked at her daughter and she said, "Make him sign it." Ooh. And so I was like, "Yeah." I never, you know, I, I yeah. And at that point, I said, "You know, maybe I can let this art go out in the world." You know, it's like
0: I, so that you and this girl have a special bond she was great. Yeah, you know. How many years ago was this? Oh, at least fifteen. Okay, so she's like, yeah, Yeah. she's yeah, but she was, you know,
1: she had issues. We all have issues. Yeah, but (laughs) we had some of the
0: same issues.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I learned a lot from watching her grow up.
0: So when you started (laughs) painting
1: with the kids, yeah, that was the beginning.
0: Do you remember the first painting you made?
1: I know I made that flamenco dancer. Mm-hmm. and then you, I would, That was the first
0: one you really loved. Well, that's kind of like, what I loved. Oh, I would okay. make these
1: kind of little abstract characters, mm-hmm. just kind of really free form. you know? Okay, yes. And yeah. it was just, and I would just like the shapes and I would just like, they were kind of characters. They weren't definitely faces or anything, but they had movement. Okay. They had some, you yeah. know, and some relationship to different movements. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. And I, I, you know, that was my language. That was the first language I made art in.
0: Well, where where do you think that energy and that movement came from? I think it was in the hand, you know. Yeah, Just but to, I mean, you you talk a lot about your relationship with the muse, you yeah. know. So I mean, ultimately, muse it that, came from the muse, right? Yeah,
1: it came from her, no doubt, no doubt. You know, I'm I'm definitively about that connection. I mean, that is that is I think what a a true poet is. Do you think of yourself as a poet? That's what everybody's. You know, anybody doing anything is a poet. Anybody doing anything at Root is in the poetic element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, every, you know, I don't care if you're acting, I don't care if you're.
0: So, you think of yourself as a poet first, artist second, or. No, a, a poet is an artist. Okay. Same, one of the same, two sides of the same Yeah, course. I mean, but. Got
1: it. You know, it's that relationship yeah. and that ability to, you right. know.
0: Well, but when I was, you know, preparing for this, you know, I read your interview and you were talking about one of the greatest things about being an artist is your relationship with the muse. Yeah. You
1: know, you have to learn to be, you ever read The Outsider by Colin Wilson? I have not. It's a book about that relationship and how some artists will blow you up. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some artists get blown up by their relationship with the muse mm-hmm. and some artists find a way to be in relationship to it Yes, in a healthy way. The yes. best I can describe is like, who did I see? I saw Big Joe Turner's last 10 performances. Okay. Okay. Wheeled on stage by a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely decrepit. Microphone in his crook of his arm, they put it in there, mm-hmm. and then he's like this in the wheelchair. And then the band hit, dun, 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 dun. and that man, like a spike, went through his whole system. Yeah, that's the muse. And yeah. he sat up and said, I'm a man, I'm a man, and the power. And when the last note got, he shrunk back into himself. That's how powerful the muse is. That's how powerful his relationship with what gives him. That's how powerful it is. Yes, that it's bigger than drugs. The the thing about being in relationship with that is how do you come down? How do you do reentry? Can I curse? Uh, Re- hell yeah. Reentry is a motherfucker. Yeah. So how do I come back from painting all night? You know, right. I mean, all these artists that are dead could not do laundry after coming off stage. <laughs> you know, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, Jan- right. Janis Joplin. All them. Right. It's. Would you rather... Do, I mean, you've just been with God. Yeah. You've just been in the, at the highest level of communion. Well, and that, space
0: travel too, right? I mean, how do you fucking re, re-enter the Earth's orbit? Right.
1: It takes me like three days to come down, but I don't use anything to come down. Right. But I know that it's going to be a journey to come back into my skin. And mm-hmm. I try to enjoy it <laughs> to the best of my ability. Yes. Because I'd like to art. You know, I'd like to be, you know, Georgia O'Keeffe it, you know, in yeah. 95. I'd like to William Blake it. Yeah. You know those are some artists that manage to have that relationship with the muse and know how to do re-entry and not
0: destroy themselves. So talk about your evolution in terms of your relationship with the muse. I mean, how is it different today than it was early on? It ain't much different. <laughs> you no, know but I mean, have you become like with any relationship, right? You become more emotionally intelligent around the dynamic that you have. All right, between here's, the, here, the, yeah.
1: right, here's the dynamic. All right. So now, Instead of walking into the, my house with my backpack on and picking up the oil pastel, hungry and lonely and tired and stressed out. And I pick up that oil pastel and I am still got the backpack on. I still haven't eaten. And 12 hours later, I'm still painting. With the backpack with on. With the backpack on. Now I take off the backpack. I cook some food because <laughs> I know she's going to take me regardless. Yeah. So this time I get, I get ready. I fuel up. Right. I eat for her. I eat, I eat dinner for her so she can yeah. have all that food. Yeah, you don't want to be cranky for the lady. You don't want to be cranky for her. Yeah. You're like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you have that that moment in time with your art and then, you know, you can actually enjoy reentry because now you have art eyes. For like the next two days, you look at a tree or a brick and you're
0: like, what? Yeah. Look at the angles of that face. You have those art eyes that are beautiful to have. Yes. Well, what I've found in my personal experience that, you know... The muse comes when she comes, right? And I think that's your point, right? You're talking about coming home. You're supposed to put your backpack down and cook some food. No, she comes and suddenly you're locked in her embrace, right? And I've noticed that she comes when she comes. I I can't control it. And it's, you know, it's a little dysfunctional. (laughs) It is. It is a little dysfunctional. Yeah, it is. But But I love it. it. Yeah, but she's going to be there. I mean... You but, don't have but, to- but I once heard, so I don't know if you saw Q, the documentary with Quincy Jones, right? But he has that whole bit about Harry Mancini used to say, you know, when the muse comes, you better be ready. Because if you don't take what she has, she's going down the street, you know, to the next, uh, to the competitor. Yeah, right? but I'll push
1: back on that. Okay. My dad says, and he, he made a case for this the other night. He said, people think that we're all inspired. He writes yes. that we're all like the inspiration came and then I created, he said, it's a faucet. It's a faucet. It's a faucet. You turn it on. You can, I don't really need to start any project inspired. Right. I don't have to be. Inspired. Well, isn't that the
0: hallmark of a, of a, of a true professional. But I mean, saying, you just get to fucking work.
1: As soon as you pick up the thing, she's like, I'm here. <laughs> you know, right. That's right. her superpower. Right? right.
0: You gave her permission.
1: That's her power. That's her yeah. superpower. You don't have to be like I think I understand what I want to create today. No, you don't need. A lot of people think they need all that to be an artist, mm. and you don't need
0: it. Well, I think Chuck Close did. Did he say inspiration is for amateurs? Like
1: well, that's radical, that's, right? That's, I mean, that's it's the, interesting, right? I mean,
0: because it feels like pros. I mean, if you're a pro and you have that level of rigor and discipline, you get to work. And, you know, understanding yeah. that a lot of the stuff might be crap, but you got to work through the crap to get to the, well, get that's to the what goal. keeps
1: regular people. I shouldn't say that like that, but that's what keeps <laughs> yeah. people from doing art Yeah, is because when you create mud, the self-esteem and the pain of mud is just too much. It's painful. To to create something and work well, on it. Well, but that
0: gets to, and I agree with you. I mean, it gets to unrealistic expectations, right? I mean, we live in a world of unrealistic expectations. And the expectation is that, oh, well, I'm not an artist because I'm making mud. No. Right. You're an artist because you're making mud. Well, that's.
1: Right. All I can say is that it's kind of intellectual. Like a friend of mine, I finally convinced her to paint. Okay. Right? I said. You should paint. She collected art. She bought one of my pieces. Mm -hmm. I tried to buy it back from her. She loves art. I tried to buy it back from her. She (laughs) wouldn't sell it to me. She loves art. And she was gonna go paint a picture. And she's like, I said, go to the art store. Go to, you know, she's like, what do I do? She got to the art store. She's calling me. I said, let the colors call you in. Sure. She found some colors. She painted this little tiny landscape. Mm -hmm. She loved it. Yeah. She loved it. She put it up on her mantle next to all the art she's bought. All her art-collecting friends mm-hmm. wanted to know who did that painting. The next time she created, she made mud. She's never picked up a brush since. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Because, yeah, I understand, Yeah, I, but I told her, you have to... Gotta say, keep going. There's a point in everything I create mm-hmm. where it's mud. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I'll just speak plainly, I don't have the chops. Like my friend Mark, who's passed away, once he conceived an art piece, mm-hmm. his chops were so good that the art, the creation part wasn't a big deal for him. Yeah. The the thinking part, right. the, the inspiration mm-hmm. was his big moment. Right. But after that, he was like, he could do it. Yeah. Me, I got to be in there all the way. I, I don't have a... <laughs> Right. I can ruin it at any... I can make... I can turn pancakes yeah. into fucking. In a world
0: of uh, 10,000 hours, you're at like 8,000 hours. Yeah,
1: I can turn pancakes into into the trash can at any point. They give... up, uh, they're burnt.
0: Yeah, right, right, oh, right. Oh, man. Yeah, have, but p- so there's some hungry people out there if, that eat
1: that shit. If you'd have just, <laughs> you know, turned them when the bubbles came up, you, you know...
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so but the phone
1: rang. It's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing how to, you know, white people don't... No, no, but create. I
0: mean, it's... It, I mean, look, I mean, we have a system that, you know, you know, kids, you know, you, you know, you, you work with kids yeah. I mean, you ask your kids who here's an artist, every kid raises their hand, you know, right. by fifth grade, like maybe one kid is still hanging in there. I mean, we it feels like we've created a system, a culture that, you know, maybe doesn't uh, value art quite as much as we value science or, yeah. you know, you I don't know, know what it, do you it, think?
1: Yeah. People, they, they back out of it. Mm. They, you know, it happens in all kinds of areas of life. Like they, they stop roller skating. They stop being able to fall. They're afraid to fall now. They yeah, become right. adults and they can't fall. You know, they. I'll
0: break a hip if I fall. Right, I know that. right.
1: But that, but that's a shame. You know, because you know, I don't want to lose run fast, jump high. Yeah. I don't want to lose that connection to just. You know, I'm gonna make paintings anyway, rain or shine, good or bad, yeah. grant or no. Right. Like the grant is like you know, like you said. It's that, that makes it like a half penny per quarter second. <laughs> That's what it is. So I want to yeah. take
0: three steps back. I mean, how did you become a teacher? Like what led you? Cause I think it's, I mean, you know, did yeah. I say you're doing God's work? What God, you know, the God work of the goddess or, yeah. or the gods. God goddess, all that
1: is uh, Alan Watts. Uh, yeah.
0: How, I mean, a, I got two kids, seven yeah. and, and two and a half. How you manage 14 of them. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) How did you become a teacher?
1: I became a teacher. I had some, I was working in animation, decided to move to Seattle to be in a band. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the dream. Yeah, right (laughs) off. I get there, and a good friend of mine, a good mentor of mine said, I think you need to get a job. And I, at the time, I had money. Get a job, man. And he said, Your life seems to work better when you have a job. Mm -hmm. An anchor. Yeah, so I became the recess monitor out of school. All I did was, re. I was
0: like, (laughs) got a job. I got
1: a job. And I was recess monitor. I did morning recess and lunch recess. And I was back out on the street having fun by one (laughs) o'clock. It was great. Yeah. There was autistic and down syndrome kids at this Mm -hmm. school.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When they came out to play, they were put into a corner of the schoolyard. Oh, shit. This is how they did it. And separated from all the other kids. Yeah. I created I was the assistant recess monitor. You know, there was a head right. recess you monitor. The, yeah. Yeah, you got to start the bottom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. I didn't mind. I didn't, I didn't want the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And he basically was an older gentleman who sat in a chair <laughs> yeah. while I ran around and right, played right, with the right. kids. Right. It was the system that, and he didn't do any, and I right. said, I don't want any excluding. So I said, these kids can play kickball. They can join in. And the kids would say to me, how are they going to play kickball? I said, you're going to run with him to first base Yep. after he kicks it. And then when the outfield, you're going to, he's going to stand next to you he's on your team and there's no more excluding. And the principal, after about a month of this, came out and saw that all the kids, he saw the playground, he saw all the kids, the Down syndrome and playing in all the games and being in every area. And he said, I heard that you did this. And I said, well, there should be no excluding. And he said, how would you like to work with special needs kids? And I said, no way. I'm a recess monitor. <laughs> don't, Assistant. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I do
0: see it. Yeah.
1: But he convinced me and I started working with uh, Down syndrome kids, autistic kids, fragile ex kids.
0: Where did that wisdom come from? That emotional intelligence, that, that situational awareness? I don't know.
1: I don't know. It just seemed, you know, I kind of got the emotional intelligence around it later. Right? So... Later, I started working with autistic kids. I can say his name, a little kid named Yousef. And the lead teacher in the room explained to me that autistic kids, they're not, they have their own world. Yeah. You're not here to fix them. We're not trying to. Right. It's a parallel universe. Because Yousef could sit there like this and he could feel a shadow go across his face with joy. He'd be like, if a shadow of a car went across his face, he'd be like, <laughs> Or he'd take a bite of a pear and he would go, oh, <sighs> like you had given him nirvana. Yeah, he would be yeah. one bite of pear and he'd be rolling on the floor. But we can learn a lot from that, can't we? Yeah. Look at his level. But also, if he had a pebble in his shoe, he might bang his head against that wall. Right. So they have these extremes and they have to learn to navigate their paradigm. And I realize you have a little autism
0: in you. You're, you're part- oh, my, my wife says I got a lot, yeah, but that's another conversation.
1: You know, I've got some fragile X. We all got a little bit of it. Our OCD is all how it is. But I learned that, wow, they have their own world. My job is to help him navigate his own world. Yeah. And communicate. Yeah. And that's what happened. I think I was trying to
0: communicate. Well, it just speaks to empathy on a certain level. I mean, a a very acute sense of of empathy, which, you know, is very art. You know, you're an artist, right? I'm not surprised that you're demonstrating empathy.
1: Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of just came out, you yeah. know. And But then I started working with the kids. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? I was like in my late 30s, you know. Yeah. I was like 30-something. And that was the first, you know. And it was, it was great because I remember a black principal, when I told him I was struggling with the job after about six months, mm-hmm. just exhausted. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, there's only room for one childhood, theirs. So you need to work out your stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's about you. It's about you. And uh, I remember that same little girl that that asked me to make art. Mm -hmm. She was crying one day underneath the, the, the table. And so instead of me making her get up, making her come back to the table, I got under the table and I said, why are you crying? And she said, I don't know. And that's when I realized I had tears that I didn't know where they came from. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is, you know. I need to work on my stuff.
0: Sounds like these kids give you more than you give them, my friend.
1: Well, don't yours?
0: (laughs) Exactly. You got a couple, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. So, going back three steps, you were in animation. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, what were you doing in animation?
1: Spectre Gadget, Wish Kid, what else? Pink Panther. Mm Mm-hmm. Felix the Cat for MGM, the second Felix, not the first Felix mm-hmm. the Cat, obviously I wasn't alive, but the second Felix the Cat, which was one of the only... It could be the
0: Highlander, I wouldn't know. Yeah, that.
1: which was one of the only funny cartoons I worked on. But yeah, I did that for seven years. I was, I worked my way up from driver to a production coordinator, mm-hmm. tried to get into the creative end of it, yep. never could, Yep. never could break that... Into that, some what was that about? Was did. that
0: just sort of a lack of skill set, or was that politics? politics? I what came out about?
1: With cons, I mean, I wanted to do a cartoon about Merlin. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to do. Tried to me and my dad tried to write something once about Merlin the magician, yeah. and young yeah. young Merlin. We called it right, right. You know, because we wanted to tell a different story of sure. of manhood and how you know you know the story of Merlin, right?
0: Uh, it's been a minute, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And it, yeah. you know, he went out and worked with. People had depression. You know
0: what happened? He, he, Maybe I don't know the story. Enlighten me. He uh,
1: he went to a wedding. He uh, killed his sister's fiance at the wedding. So th- this this is the actor
0: in real life?
1: No, this is the real life Merlin, Merlin the magician. Right. This Got is it. what he
0: did. He, wow. Okay. He, so went he went a little mad. He
1: effed up. Black magic, apparently. And they they banished him to the forest. In the forest, he found all these people that had been banished and Mm -hmm. were depressed. Mm -hmm. And he started working with them. Okay. And he built himself back up. And when he came back to court... He was like the first kind of like, he was kind of like a mental health professional at that point. <laughs> right, sure. He worked on his stuff. So, yeah. we were going to give a different road. Yeah. We were going to tell that story. Yeah, Of course, yeah. Not, uh, in car- uh,
0: not in cartoons. Yeah. You know, that'd open.
1: <laughs> that'd be more like You got
0: to, you know, fuck them, fuck them up one way or another. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't yeah. get in.
1: I couldn't get in. Yeah. And they didn't. And it was a little old boy network about how to become a writer in that field. Yeah. A couple of my friends made it through the gauntlet. Okay. And then that's when I decided, oh, wow, I want to... And at that point, I wasn't
0: making any art. Okay. Well, no, but you were. You I was, were a yeah. musician. I was a musician. An, I was yeah, playing. What, what and,
1: instruments do you play? Play a little bit of guitar enough to write with. I was in a band called Hungarian Music Lesson. And we played, you know, we played downtown. We played Al's Bar right over here. Yeah. Numerous times. Yeah. Which is a great gig. One of the, you know, and we were. Hungarian Music Lesson. We were punk, you know. Yeah. We yeah. used to say, you know, the chicken came first. You know, we had our, our own <laughs> mottos. <laughs> Are you, you playing know. now? Yeah, yeah, I do. I still do music. Yeah. I still do so music. So are you in a band or not? Technically, I'm, I'm I I am Black Spring.
0: <laughs> but I played a couple right. shows right. recently. Yeah. Right. I'm still
1: making music. Yeah, oh, man. You can, you can.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that's so great about your story is that it feels like you are and have been a part of so many different communities, whether it was, you know, whether it's the school or the you know music scene or you know, your work in production or your work as an artist. You know, that seems really unique and special on so many levels. So many artists I think work in their silos, they work in their bubble, they don't have community.
1: But I'm still looking for
0: community. Yeah. You know.
1: So I feel I feel isolated and bubbled out How sometimes. So? It's just home, work, yeah. Video. <laughs> video you know watch you know handmade stale go to bed rinse wash repeat <laughs> right sure and then force yourself to pick up the pastel or force yourself to play three songs on your guitar break yourself out of isolation go mm-hmm. somewhere you don't want to go make yourself go meditate in a cave
0: make you know are make- you a goal oriented person will you like in 2020 will you say to yourself this is my goal for the year you know projects take me I'm going to make
1: stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I like taking things out of the ethos and out of the universe and making stuff so that I think my projects are just as important. You know, I have an album on the shelf right now. You do? Completely on the shelf. It's done. Okay. But I can't get to it because I, I kind of have to do <laughs> teeth, eyes, and car. No, okay, right, you know, sure, I had to get rid sure, of that car, get sure. another car. Yeah, but that's
0: what SoundCloud's for. You just upload it to SoundCloud and all the kids well, will download it
1: and you'll get discovered. The first Black Spring album is on SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah, right. but
0: that that's but see that's
1: the journey is it. You can't you can't like you know, get discovered. It's not you better discover yourself. You better discover Ooh, dropping your, knowledge right there. I love you it. You better discover that that was the that was the gift. Yeah. That song was for you. But that's- I mean,
0: so many of us are looking for validation outside of ourselves, man.
1: Yeah, but I'm not saying I'm not. But I'm also trying to recognize that that validation won't save me. It won't save, you know. Yes. I mean, uh, this art show that's coming up won't save me.
0: I, I, I realize that about. I'm glad you know that because I've had to tell everybody, you yeah. know, this art show <laughs> will not save me. you, right? You need to put it up on the I'm wall. I'm not like- responsible for your salvation. No. It's really
1: tough. To think, oh, well, you know, there's going to be a hot chick that walks by my art. I'll be standing there, you know, or there's going to be somebody who wants, no, you got to remember that that journey, that creative moment you had, that gestation period where you came home with the backpack on and you drew a little bit and that painting happened, that was your gift. You got your gift. You were provided. Now, if any money comes from that
0: that's called gravy. Well, this is what I've been saying. You know the the but gravy's the, the, not the The meal. compensation, if you will, yeah, comes from the process. Like if you're not enjoying the process, then it is work. and yeah. maybe you should quit.
1: Well, then half your friends are going to walk by your art and 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 go get some free hummus. You know, half the people yeah, are going right. to. And so, if you think that that moment is where the crux of your creativity has to meet validation, yeah. you're going to be. But what may happen is, like last time I had an art show here, at, at, it was my mom who looked at my, she's seen some of my work over the years. Yeah, right. <laughs> she had a real, she gave me a series. She said, this one is, this is in line with this last. My mother gave me a great art critique, you know, and I'm grateful to her for taking me to, she loves museums. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that exposure. I think that's an important thing to expose people. So some people that will come to the art show, I think that's the great thing too. That's more community. Finally, I'm, you know, I'm handing out, you know, flyers with the Buddha on them to people because that's part of this, this art show Mm -hmm. I I got some Buddhas Mm -hmm. and I'm showing the Pure Land and I'm handing Buddhas to people. And I'm like, oh man, I'm handing the Buddha out. It's like, I'm flyering for the Buddha. Flyering for the Buddha. You know, it's really cool. (laughs) It's really, you know. I still have this, the ticket stub when I saw the Dalai Lama because I thought it was re- like this is like some kind of weird transmorgation where, you know, Jesus playing the MGM for seven nights, you know, here's the Dalai La- here's the Dalai Lama and I've got a ticket stub for him.
0: Yeah, it just
1: felt very surreal. Like, <laughs> but also that all these things are still here, yeah, these things that we think are that are super spiritual. Super life changing. They're right here. And you can go see them and you can have access. The Dalai Lama's Oracle, which is a whole lineage of reincarnation, they have that wherever the Dalai Lama reincarnates, the Oracle reincarnates with his whole lineage of people because they advise the Dalai Lama. So they've been traveling in each incarnation together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think of it like that. The Dalai Lama's Oracle was at a Freaking yoga studio in Santa Monica I looked it up when the Dalai Lama or oracle speaks in India 30,000 people climb a mountain to hear him and to get the blessing that he gives every 7 years well one night in Santa Monica there were like 75 people at a yoga studio I'm like it's here and he had I mean it was fully there they had the guys with the horns were there I mean he yeah. bo- he came with the ruckus. Yeah. He was not fucking around. Yeah, I
0: mean, we've got shopping to do. I mean, you know. But just the
1: fact that I was like, wow, it's still here. Right. These things aren't ancient. Right. So I just like the idea of expose, you know, you kind of have to break out of yourself and go, what do I want to do tonight? Do I want to see, you know, yes, I can watch, I can, you know, I can watch all of The Handmaid's Tale and it's great. Or I could go see the Dalai Lama's Oracle and get the seven year blessing and I could still binge watch. Yeah, because it'll be there when you get back. It'll be there when you get back, but but he's coming through only every seven years. Right, right. I just love the fact that this stuff exists in the here and now.
0: Yes. If you're open to it, if you make time for it, you know, if you have the awareness of it and take action, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, people, uh, they want it to come to them versus going out and fighting for it, seeking it, you know, which is, you know, taking responsibility for your own life isn't it yeah so where do you get your artistry from mom dad grandma grandpa
1: dad wrote yeah mom deeply into books they both read in front of me i think that's a key you know oh
0: sort of just well they obviously probably read two years a job but then they're reading books in front of you you like as you're hanging out at dinner
1: when we would have it together before the divorce happened and stuff and tv dinners happened what book you were reading was had some importance at the table yeah and I really believe you know I, I created this statement, no reflection, no investment, so if it's not reflected at you, you don't invest in it. so I'm invested in reading, right. I have an investment i I studied the dictionary so I could play Scrabble better, yeah, you know that gave me words that led into the right so when poetry happened, I had a I had some words, I also had done a lot of reading, you know, and so I think that's important how you
0: reflect that, yes. Yes, I mean so, you got books at your, for your kids. Oh, yes, uh, the kids. Yes, <laughs> of course. My kids read the the serious stuff. I have pop up books, uh, but you're. I mean, what you're getting at is so powerful, right? I mean, because kids are a sponge, yeah, and they soak in whatever it is around uh, that's around them, and you know, I'm grateful that our kids are surrounded by culture and art and literature and, you know, any number of sort of, shall we say, intellectual pursuits. Yeah, that's Uh, It turns out my daughter, you know, she loves to dance right now. She's an art kid, you know, dance, writing, music, singing, Mm. but I think she's going to be a stand-up comic. Okay. Uh, She makes (laughs) me, she is legitimately funny and not only just with the perspective and the language, but with the physical humor too, like in her timing is fantastic. Anyway,
1: yeah, four-year-old hit me with with the uh, "Why did the chicken cross the road?" joke. So, asked, <laughs> so asked me that. Why did the chicken- why,
0: why did the chicken cross the road? Eyeball. <laughs> Eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it. It's, I love it. it. Uh, so for sound check, we were impressed with some poetry. I think it was that you were reciting. Yeah. You know, you drop a poem for us right now if you can.
1: Well, the one I, well, Afrocentric corporate interest. What is slavery? Hate me just because I got gold and emerald rings. Well, fuck you then. I'm breezing to retirement, taking family and friends. By definition, an amount of money sufficient for some purpose. Revolution, son. Who pays for the truck, the ammo, and the guns? I'm the one. Takes faith and discipline. Six months ago, I asked for tracks, but what happened, Pruitt? Nothing. You screwed it, pumping jism into candy-ass women. From the beginning, I was making tracks, pushing them, crushing them. Even when I was suffering, I was still hustling. Night to dawn, ugly duck to black swan. I kept on till I got on. With rage blind, I engage. That's my Scorsese. I turn tricks with wicked spit. Utterly subversive is my intent. Backpack consciousness, you need to understand that. Malcolm X said that power backs down only in the face of power. Drop the beat, cash the check. That's the ghetto American Express. No sauce like hunger. There's no sauce like hunger.
0: Fuck yeah, man.
1: (laughs) I screwed it up. That's that's, fucking, that's amazing. I got that from my grandmother. My grandmother used to say, there's no sauce like hunger. That's the truth of my, of the depth of where I come from in artistry. Yeah. There's no sauce like, because if you have the hunger, there's no sauce like that. Yeah, right. You know, she said it in terms of a, you know, we were all at a restaurant. I apply it to everything now, but we were at a restaurant with my family and we were hungry. And so we ate and we thought this was the greatest Italian restaurant ever. And my grandma was like... This ain't the best no sauce like hunger, you know, but then i I, I take that in a different way, like right. you can't ever take that from me, you know, I
0: got that hunger, and I don't know you know I still got it well, some have said that if you know hunger, you never forget it yeah, right, you know, Tony Louis, who is one of the other grant winners, is from Haiti, mm. and you know when we sat down with him, we were talking about. You know his reality, living in Haiti yeah, and wow. I believe Port-au-Prince, and you know Haiti's a, basically a war zone right now. I mean, you know the the political circumstances, I and mean, there there's no North Star. I mean, there's you know it's a it's 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 like civil war almost right, right now. And we were just talking about that within context of you know we don't know how good we have it, right? And that hunger. That you're talking about is relative right and i was just appreciating his struggle you know for his art in a situation that is you know quite desperate you know your grandmother with that saying i mean what, what was what was her reality like for my grandma yeah to come up with that statement Well, that's
1: you know that's coming from always probably from her i mean that's passed on Yeah. You know, that's like from slavery. That's like, we have some things in our family that are just simply passed on. They're like little sayings that get passed on. I took that one and ran with it. Yeah. But she had, you know, she had a, she had my mother and her, you know, killed chickens and sold them in the streets of Philly, you know, to make ends meet. Yeah. You know, so she had, and she was, my grandmother was fierce in a lot of ways. She wasn't the, this grandmother wasn't the cuddly one, you know. She was was, your, your mom's, my mom? mom's yeah. mom was a little was embittered yeah you know and i get it i get it when you become you know i get it how you can become embittered yeah sure and parts of you get shut down and parts of you collapse inward and it's hard for you to be supportive to play this role you know even that role everyone thinks that all black grandmothers you know big roly-poly and love you know it doesn't work it doesn't work out that way you know but she was still my grandmother and she still had wisdom, because you don't make it this far in the black world without.
0: Well, but the roly-poly stereotype you just mentioned—I mean, that's a racial—that's a racist yeah. stereotype. Yeah, right? it's a racial stereotype. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you think about the—what do I know? As a white guy, but I mean, in terms of the adversity that African American brothers and sisters have endured from day one, like, you know, you toughen up, or you fucking—you're—you're you're dead, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: you know, you learn to. Things to wash off, like like let it wash off your back like a duck. But, yeah. you know, you make your just, dis- you know, I mean, that's why I think punk rock was important for me to mm-hmm. look at life through that lens and to come to my own conclusions about, you know, that's where I learned about anarchy. That's where I learned about Emma Golden was through the punk ethos, mm-hmm. you know, that really influenced me. To come to politics and pol- and political things through your own lens and through the own lens of your reality, you know, to start acting on your own life—that that's what punk rock gave me. And I still consider myself punk. I've been to Dead Kennedy shows. I've been to Minutemen shows. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a Lookie Lou punk. I- <laughs> <laughs> Fairweather punk. I'm not Fairweather. <laughs> but but, there was, but the core of that thing was was that you know do it yourself. Yeah. And get your own viewpoint get it read get your own viewpoint right talk hear other viewpoints forge your viewpoint based upon things you're hearing and knowing and and express that that's yeah. that's punk you know Nina Simone I saw Nina Simone perform that was probably one of the most punk performances I've ever seen in my life she, Nina Simone was punk as fuck
0: if you yeah. well it's 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 I mean it's it's I wouldn't consider myself punk necessarily but I mean anti-establishment hell yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Right? She was anti-establishment. She was out there with I mean she's out there on a on the ledge of powerful femininity and at times she's powerful and then sometimes she's just crushed out by it. She you know so that I
0: really relate to, right? You know. Right? I really relate to it. Well, the hypocrisy, I can't, I mean, right? I mean, the anger that comes from understanding that you are a part of a hypocritical system, right, that talks about, you know, aspirational things like power to the people and what have you, but then to realize that, of course, you know, the deck's stacked against you. I mean, fuck yeah, you're going to rebel. Yeah. It's really tough. It's really tough. And yet she was, you know
1: that Seattle concert she was just so powerful and she was still emoting from that core muse place you know she still had to go there yeah <laughs> she was still going there right you know and that's part of the tether that kept her on the planet as long as it kept
0: her on the planet yeah when was she 90 how old was she when she i don't know i don't know she but was she, a, she was a, yeah she came she lived to some, a long
1: life yeah she came to some you know I mean, she should go in that pantheon, mm-hmm. William Blake, Nina Simone. <laughs> <You>
0: know, she's,
1: <laughs> she's in that pantheon of yeah. artists. You could you could say, oh, she had mental illness. Yes. She had, you know, bouts of anger and depression. Yes. But she kept working to integrate herself into herself and to be able to navigate yeah. the paradigm of post-traumatic black syndrome or whatever the fuck we got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you right. know, we, have, we all have a certain level of PTSD,
0: yeah. I think. Well, according to your interview, you have a certain amount of OCD as well. Oh, yeah. I'm a professional. Yeah?
1: Yeah. You're, you're a pro. But, but I, I got it. You know, I mean, I think we all have some. It's how you turn that OCD, what you turn it into. I yeah. mean, you have it. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, I know. And my wife has it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know you, I mean, here's, the, here's the central difference between my yeah. wife and I. Like, Like, she's the kind of person... That when we go on a trip, she says, hey, we're going on a trip. Dump the milk. Okay. And I'm the kind of person that goes, hey, we just got back from a trip. Oh, the milk's spoiled. Let's dump it.
1: Same difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To each their own. We have a show coming up. Saturday night. Yes. You and I and the other yep. grant winners. Yeah, we're all here. It's yep. the Not Real Art Exhibition. I'm You've excited. got how many pieces in the show? Four pieces. Four pieces. Yeah. Talk, tell me about the pieces. I'm showing Pure Land, which is
1: it's a Buddha I painted in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then I took some flowers that I cut out from a... This is what happens to your children's drawings, by the way. At the school where your mm-hmm. children go, at the end of the year, the art teacher, all the art that you don't pick up mm-hmm. goes into a big trash bin. <laughs> and this art teacher was throwing away all the art at the end of the year, and I okay. saw these flowers that these kids had painted, and so I put the flowers oh, in, the, wow. in the Buddha's lap. I right cut on. them out. Oh, beautiful! So that was that's the lotus blossom in in that Buddha, and then I painted a landscape that gave me. So I thought that that's the Pure Land. Yeah. Even though conceptually the Pure Land is a con- is a concept, so yeah. what you're looking at, my paintings doesn't really exist. But it's you know that the whole thing about the finger pointing towards the moon.
0: Well, it's where we wish we lived. Right? Yeah,
1: and then I'm doing. I got some flowering. You know, I'm flowering for the Buddha, and I'm bringing in Cold Mountain and Quan Yin. Cold Mountain is a is a ancient Chinese poet okay. who was very vulnerable. Gary Snyder of the Beats found his poetry. He wrote 300 poems on rocks and trees. Okay, they were collected after he died. He had a friend named Shide. They hung out together. They became immortal. They're like bodhisattvas now. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a hobo camp and you run into two cats and they're kind of, they kind of beguile you with
0: wisdom and stuff. It might be them. <laughs> might be them, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, hey, you it know. could be them. Uh, you never know who you're meeting. Yeah.
1: So, his poems are super and I really related to Gary Snyder the poet was one of the first poets to translate from a poetic standpoint. So there was academic translations, but when a poet learned Chinese and a poet translated it, you know, you really saw the depth of his pain sure. and sometimes yeah. he was really lonely out in those mountains. Mhm. And he expressed that loneliness. And so it was very easy to relate to him. And so, picture of Cold Mountain and and Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin was originally a male deity in India. But when the deity got to China, the deity decided to change sexes and is now worshiped as a female. Okay. So, one of the first transgendered, and it's about compassion and empathy. Kuan Yin, it represents those things. And I've always just had an affinity for that aspect of compassion, Yeah. you know, because it's one of the hardest things is to have empathy and compassion, you know.
0: Yeah, man, oh, we need more of, the, of
1: it. It is one of the most, so I've, I've got, I'm, that's what I feel like, I'm just bringing deities out. Yeah. But from, you know, it's, like, it's
0: almost like a little kid painted them, but
1: I did my best.
0: <laughs> Some would say, you know, yeah. you can't get more pure than a, yeah. than a child's painting. Yeah, so. these were kind of,
1: you know, these were, more made than painted, they more I kind of excavated them like i don 't right. know how I got the figure to look like a figure or how why it looks like that, as my friend Dean says, you can 't paint it again that 's what 's good about it right you can 't make thirty seven of them can't do it, right. it it's right. not you, you couldn 't go to a canvas and 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 draw. 37 Cold Mountains. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. No. So I like the idea of bringing like that what we talked about. This thing that exists now to show it to say yes. it exists now and look into it. Yes. You know, open your eyes, look into some of these, you know, like in the transgender community, a lot of transgender people know about Quan Yin and know mm-hmm. about that journey. Oh, I bet. And yeah. it's like this god decided to change sexes. Yeah. Nobody had a problem with it.
0: But I mean, wouldn't... I mean, a lot of... <laughs> I mean, aren't there arguments to be made that, that gods would actually represent both sexes simultaneously? Yes. That's what's beautiful
1: about that these things exist, like even if you say that man made that that entity? Why did they make an entity that changed sexes? So they could have a reflection yeah. that they could invest in. Yeah. So they could understand the world of people who are making those kinds of choices. So let's deify that choice. Right. That's really helpful if you deify a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's worked for a long time.
1: <laughs> but really give like free freedom to those. So I'm, I'm bringing them in. Yeah. I'm bringing them in. i That's great, excited. man. I can't
0: wait to see yeah, it. Yeah,
1: they're, they're really going to be here.
0: I can't wait to. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be great. That's great. Well, Eben Eldridge, I am honored to know you, to call you a Not Real Art Grant recipient, a guest of the show. And a new friend. Thanks yes, for coming brother. through, brother. Thank you. All right. Anytime. Cheers. All right. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real We appreciate the support. Sourdough. Out.